Hello and welcome to the Unknown Stories podcast. My name is Jurgen Nieuwhuizen from Unknown Group and your host of today. With Unknown Stories, we dive deep in talks with founders that fix the future. We learn about their ambitions, about their journey so far, and how they make impact. Today, we talk with Tal from Plastic Bag, who have developed a technology that turns the tide on plastic waste. In other words, they take plastic and convert it back into its original materials, being crude oil, by a chemical process that requires way less energy compared to anything currently out there. Let's hear what an impact they can realize with that. Enjoy the show. Otal, welcome in uh, the virtual podcast studio. Hi, Jorgen. Where uh, you're currently in uh, in Israel. Yeah. Hi, Jorgen. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. You are all the way in Israel. I'm in the Netherlands, The Hague, mm-hmm. in our uh, office at Titan. Yeah. It's super nice uh, to uh, to talk to each other. What uh, what we always do, uh, we uh, we dive right in. So uh, could you maybe. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, especially about Plastic Bag. Yeah, definitely. So again, good to be here, Jorgen. Thanks for having me and good to see you again. My name is Tal, co-founder and CEO at Plastic Bag. At Plastic Bag, we've developed a low temperature chemical solution able to convert plastic waste back to its original form. Uh, Basically, here we're enabling a circular economy by closing the loop between waste handlers and the petrochemical industry. Because um, plastic is really a big problem and that's what you're tackling can you can you elaborate a bit on on the on the whole world of plastic to to, to get to know more about that yeah definitely so uh, an annual average uh, we're producing around 400 million tons of plastic waste that's a huge number a huge problem uh, but also a huge opportunity only about eight percent of this plastic waste is being recycled uh, via traditional mechanical recycling the, ne- the rest goes to landfilling, incineration, and leaks to the natural environment. Uh, so we at Plastic Bag are addressing the plastic waste streams that are currently not being treated, which, as we said, is a huge number, but also a huge opportunity. And so you will add to this, to this current 8% that is recycled. Like, What are the current like, recycling options out there? How, how is that currently being done? Yeah, so the most traditional recycling method is something called mechanical recycling, which basically you take the plastic polymer, you break it down, shred it and clean it, and then melt it again to create new plastics. This method is very limited in the plastic polymers that it can address and also limited in the number of times that you can do it. So each time you recycle, basically you're degrading the plastic polymer. What uh, we at Plastic Back are offering is something in the chemical recycling world in which we're taking the plastic polymer, breaking it down back to its monomer level, so its building blocks. And from that, you can produce new plastics uh, and other petrochemical products and basically close the loop uh, in a really closed loop. Yeah, because what 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 is currently, for example, being made of like, the current uh, process of this 8% what is currently being made because you say you degrade the plastic a little mm-hmm. bit so you can make you can make limited stuff of it exactly so if you start off with a container uh, you recycle it and make it into a bottle make it into a bag and that's where the cycle ends so each cycle when you recycle via mechanical processes you are basically degrading the polymer and that is the reason that it is limited and then you you turn it into its original form like what are those are there a lot of raw materials or is it like basically just crude oil? Yeah. So plastic is originally made from crude oil, right? Yeah. It's a segment within the crude oil, which is the naphtha cut. 
It's a carbon chain links. It's, it's a liquid form, carbon chain links between C5 and C15. So what we do as plastic back yeah. is take a very long polymer chain and break it down back to its C5 to C15 carbon atoms. Uh, that is the naphtha cut back to crude oil, and that can be upcycled in existing petrochemical processes. Cool. Yeah. And uh, why currently is only 8% being recycled? And why is all the rest ending up at... Because you said they, they also need to, to make a split between certain plastics that currently they can also use in their mechanical recycling. Is that, for example, a big reason why they cannot use all the rest and that is just end up at landfills? Yeah, so that is definitely a big reason. Um, first of all, we're very limited currently in plastic polymer types that can be mechanical recycling. Adding to that is the mix of plastic polymers that you're getting in these material recycling facilities. Uh, so we're working with a very uh, mixed plastic waste streams in the mechanical recycling world, uh, and that is limited. Okay. And how much are you able to kind of add to this mix, like to get a little bit of a perspective with the chemical or recycling? Yeah. So if we look at the plastic polymers, the plastic bag is addressing and what we're planning to do in the next uh, coming years, our addressable market within the uh, uh, plastic waste is around 20 million tons of plastic waste per year. So that is our addressable market. Uh, it's, uh, if we can add to that, that's a huge number. 20 million tons, mm -hmm. you say? Yeah. And what, what is currently, like, what does the market currently look like? Because you... You give a, a very big number, but to get a little bit of a feeling about it, like what is currently, for example, being recycled in the world in terms of million tons? Yeah. So if we look uh, only at uh, Europe, for instance, uh, there's an annual production of 60 million tons per year. Uh, half of that goes into uh, recycling processes uh, such as a uh, mechanical incineration and landfill. The rest is not even uh, collected. So we are addressing the, the 22 million tons that are either landfill or currently go to incineration processes. Cool. Yeah. But uh, you could also, as an advocate of the devil, we could also say, like, why do we use plastic after all? Like, what are the advantages of plastic? Shouldn't we just go out completely? Yeah. Um, so in terms of single-use plastic, you are correct. The less we use it, the better. But if you look at the production of plastic uh, compared to other uh, materials, it's very energy efficient, very cheap and very durable in, uh, in uh, packaging and so forth. Uh, the question is what we do with the plastic after it's consumed. And that's where plastic bag comes in. Yeah. So it needs to be collected in the right way. And then you need to have the processes to yeah. process all those types of plastics. Definitely. So we are working with the uh, material recycling facilities, uh, which receive and handle millions of tons of plastic waste per year. Now they take what they can out of it and recycle but most of it, it goes to landfill. So we are working with these material recycling facilities and optimizing our process for the waste streams that they are currently sending to landfill. Yeah, so talk a little bit more about your, your business model, your, your supply chain, your clients. Uh, what does that look like? You, you say you work with those recycling companies, but then you provide them the technology or how does that work? Yeah, so basically we are a technology provider for waste handlers and for petrochemical companies. So we close the loop between these waste handlers, again, receiving and handing millions tons of plastic waste, and the petrochemical industry, which is heavily dependent on conventional virgin feedstock going to, into their refineries. So we are licensing out our technology 
to these waste handlers in which they can treat their plastic waste streams and to these petrochemical companies in order to allow them to integrate plastic derived oils into their uh, processes. So, so let's take them both apart to make me really understand. You have the technology, you give it to those waste handlers. Um, what do they have inputs as input? They have all that waste and they have to take the plastic out of the waste and then they have the plastic with, with which they can use your technology. Do they already make it into like crude oil? Right? Yeah. Or so they 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 have a high they they get value out of their waste. Exactly. Technology. Exactly. This is an, an uh, alternative to their landfilling. Now landfilling costs uh, are going uh, higher and higher as a policy uh, is uh, growing as well. So we're allowing them to create value in the waste streams that are currently not being valued. And they have the equipment for that to use your technology or are you also placing those your machines or your are you placing it there yeah so we're basically talking about a conversion units that can handle 10,000 to 30,000 tons of plastic waste per year and these uh, plants we are providing and they will be uh, near the waste source or next to the refinery Ooh, and then the, the waste uh, handlers they are investing in the projects they are investing in the machines or uh... The waste handlers and the petrochemical uh, industry. It will usually be okay. a joint venture between these two uh, uh, companies. Yeah, because the 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 value or at least the the crude oil that's being created, the output that is taken up by 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 the oil industry. Then exactly, this naphtha yeah. or crude oil uh, like a synthetic output is integrated yeah. into uh, petrochemical processes to processes such as uh, refineries and steam crackers. And from there, they can create their, uh, you know, petrochemical uh, products, whether it be a uh, plastic, new plastic products, uh, waxes, solvents, and so forth. Cool. So, but that that, that must be a quite heavy capital industry, and you also have to have multiple type of partners all aligned to to create joint ventures, as you say, to create those products. So, I think that must be quite a challenging business model and a challenging, especially in the start, to to really get that started. How yeah. did that go? Yes. Where are you now? So indeed, uh, understanding the, our value offering and the correct business model uh, was a huge, you know, uh, learning experience for us. And what we did basically is uh, run POCs with companies across the value chain. So we did uh, POCs with waste handlers to understand their need, their waste streams, the total volume and so forth. And we also did projects and POCs with petrochemical companies to understand uh, what is their oil specifications, what they're looking for in the oils uh, and what their application for that as well. And once we figured out the needs of each customer segment, that's when we uh, began to understand the correct business model in our product market fit. Yeah, and the POC, the proof of concept, like mm -hmm. could you give an example of one of those things to get a little bit of a feeling like what, what you are then doing if you do a proof of concept with, with such a big company, yeah. say an oil, oil company. Yeah, so if we're working with, an, uh, with a petrochemical company, uh, we are starting off with a plastic polymer that uh, both us and them are interested in. So if you uh, discuss a uh, multi-layer uh, plastics or PVC contaminated plastics, uh, the project would be for plastic bag to optimize our chemical process for that plastic polymer, convert that into oil in a cost-effective manner, and then send those samples to petrochemical companies, and then they can analyze and understand where the oil is being integrated into their process. So that's an example of the POCs that we've done, and they proved beneficial both for, for us and also for the companies. Yeah.
and what type of feedback would they give like that would be in, in terms of the quality of, of 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 the chemicals that they receive and then you can optimize your process on that exactly exactly so uh, when we optimize a process <clears throat> in plastic bags laboratories we analyze the oil outputs and then we send it to the petrochemical company. And when we started off, we got a lot of feedback in terms of the oil specifications that we had versus what they're looking for. So part of the optimization process was to uh, to meet those specifications of the petrochemical companies. Great. Yeah, and I think we actually met almost in 2019. You joined the New Energy Challenge big uh, a global challenge uh, that's organized by Shell and together with a known group. Uh, can, can you tell a little bit about how that kind of helped you, like what type of feedback you got from Shell early early on in 2019? Yeah, definitely. So when we met uh, the unknown group and also Shell, it was in 2019. We were a young uh, company with a very uh, basic uh, value offering and understanding of the market, but we did have a good technology. So during the New Energy Challenge, which is a 10-day uh, competition in the Netherlands, uh, we were able to uh, op- to refine our value offering, have discussions with the key uh, key personnel in Shell and petrochemical company, uh, also with uh, with technical advisors over there. So it, it was a huge learning and experience for us uh, to to understand the market, to specify our value offering within that. And lastly, to gain traction from a huge company like Shell, we won second place at the New Energy Challenge, which was a huge step for us. From that, we started a project uh, with Shell, a POC, which allowed us again to optimize our chemical process to attract additional investors. And that's really where the story of a plastic bag began. Cool. Really great to hear. Yeah, I think it's always this um, this dialogue between believing and seeing and where I think a lot of... Uh, People might say like, we first have to see and then we believe. And I think also that's with, with if you have to do the proof of concepts, you have to show. And, and, and like, in, like in, in small steps, you're, you're starting to show people before they believe. Um, but also I think you need the believers in the, in, in the first hand. And I think you as, as a founder, as like the big believer in this idea, uh, how did you come up with something that was not there yet? <laughs> but like, how did that start? Yeah, so personally, I come from a background of a marine biology and chemistry. I studied marine biology, worked in that for a few years, and it was great. I loved it, the whole environmental aspect. After that, I did an MBA at Tel Aviv University and started working with renewable energy startups. So anything from PV, wave energy, and so forth. When I went on my own entrepreneurial path in 2019, I scouted this technology at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. was uh, they reached a very good POC in terms that they could take plastic polymers and convert them into oils, but it was still uh, not unknown who the end users will be, what the value offering will be, and so forth. So we took that technology and we started to run with it. And you know, the first uh, running uh, aspect was the new energy challenge with Shell. Uh, so that's oh, how it great. started. And uh, so it was uh, like a really an, there was already a lot of research went into the whole process, and you took that and, and really turned it into a business. And yeah, so the technology was there since 2017. Uh, okay. Only in 2021, we uh, actually the patent was granted in the EU, EU, US and China. So a big step for us. But yeah, there's a lot of academic research done in university around the world. Uh, and yeah, there's a big opportunity to find 
the business plans for it and the key partners. And um, this technology, you say it's patented. How much can you tell about it? And also in, in dummy language, like why is it so special? Why was it not there before? Like what, what is this technology actually doing? Yeah, sure. So plastic to oil technologies exist in the world. Uh, they usually use very high temperatures uh, from 600 to 1,200 degrees. Uh, they're called pyrolysis, gasification. And again, they require a lot of uh, energy in high temperatures. This technology at Plastic Back is very unique in terms that we do everything on a chemical uh, basis. So we work in temperatures of up to 100 degrees, which is a huge uh, energy efficiency compared to anything out there. Uh, we're able to treat difficult plastic waste streams, which are currently a bottleneck in the recycling industry, such as a PVC, a multi-layer contaminated. And last but not least, because this is not an incineration process, but more a conversion process, we're able to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and the way that it works, and this is what our AIP covers, is that we are able to attack the carbon-carbon bonds of the plastic polymer. So every polymer, every plastic polymer out there consists of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of carbon-carbon bonds. Uh, our uh, technology creates an atmosphere and where we attack these carbon-carbon bonds and break the polymer down into shorter and shorter fractions. The shortest fractions are liquid, and these can be uh, upcycled. Yeah. Uh, is that comparable to like what they do with the petrochemical industry with cracking? Um, so it's... it's uh, or is it reversed? It's not uh, exactly like that. Basically, we supply the petrochemical industry with the oils, and they crack it uh, afterwards. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's before. The, yeah. yeah. And those bonds, that's... Where they, that you say the carbon and carbon, how they kind of are bonded together, like that bond. How, how is it possible that you are able to like um, make that disappear or that the bond kind of uh, yeah detaches? Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, what we do is uh, we create free radicals. Uh, we use a series of chemicals and ratios uh, to create an atmosphere which generates these free radicals. Now, these free radicals are very potent and they're very uh, available to attack these carbon-carbon bonds. And once they attack them, they uh, separate them. And uh, that's basically how it works. After the new energy challenge, a few years later, what, what is the phase that you're currently in? Yeah. So in 2020 to 2021, we were very focused on optimization of our process in lab stage. Uh, so everything was very chemistry-oriented. After we were able to attract investments from uh, VCs and governmental support, uh, we were able to scale up our technology uh, to a first 10-liter uh, reactor, in which we operate still in lab stage, but allows us to, uh, to, uh, uh, to look at our LCA and other factors. In addition to that, we were able to uh, hire petrochemical engineers, and this is where we uh, do the transition from chemistry to engineering and scaling up to our first uh, demonstration plant in uh, 2023. Cool. And um, what that demonstration plant is the one where you said you have about, what was it, 20,000, 30,000 ton per year capacity? No, so not yet. Uh, the okay. 20 to 30,000 tons per year would be our commercial uh, plant, okay. which we plan for yeah. 2025. Uh, this demonstration plant in 2030 will be at around 60 kilograms per cycle. 
And what will it do is allow our partners, whether it be wastelanders, petrochemical or other, uh, to run trials at this demonstration plant to really show uh, our unique CAPEX, OPEX uh, and, and life cycle analysis. Cool. So uh, you also recently raised money. Can you tell a little bit about that and, and where you're, what you're using it for? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, a few months ago, we raised uh, some funding uh, around uh, almost uh, 2 million US dollars. Uh, this was led by uh, Vasuki, uh, UKVC, and also uh, our existing partners joined the round, including uh, the Anon Group, which we were very happy about. Uh, this investment allows us to scale up our technology and support that demonstration plant that we uh, were just discussing. And it also allows us to strengthen our R&D team and start looking at uh, business development into penetrating the market. And um, how uh, how did you find your partners to to run this demonstration plant? So this demonstration plant will be uh, located in Israel. It will be run and owned by Plastic Back, but it will be supported by uh, partners that are uh, running trials in this uh, demo plan. Ah, great. So really, it's going to be like your, your experience center where you can actually provide a lot of, um, also in the future, additional partners by showing them how it works and then getting them along. Exactly. This demo, demo plant uh, was cru- crucial for us to have in Israel for our technology uh, tech team to be close to the, te- to, to the plant, uh, for us to do the optimization and so forth. And after we produce the trials and the good case studies there, that's where we will look to uh, go to uh, EU. Yeah. And what are you hoping to learn? Because, of course, you're working towards like 2025 with like the commercial plan. What are you hoping to learn between the, now and then through this demo facility? Yeah. So we're, what we're seeing in the lab is great results in terms of the chemistry, in terms of the LCA and the assumptions that we're making in lab stage. But in order... And the LCA stands for... Uh... Life cycle analysis. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, the, the assumptions that we're making and the results that we're seeing in lab stage, we need to show them on the demo plant in order to produce uh, the right OPEX, CAPEX, and a further and more demonstrated life cycle analysis. Once we have all those in place, which is what the demo plant will allow us, that's where we can uh, start generating uh, commercial agreements. Cool. And uh, you would... What, what, would, what would you need to take this? Uh, so besides the knowledge and the learnings that you're talking about, what would you need to take this, uh, these next steps into the, the next three years? Um, yeah, so uh, right now we have the ongoing uh, projects with uh, petrochemical companies and waste handlers, uh, but we are looking for additional companies to run trials with, also from the petro- petrochemical and waste handlers. This will be set at the demo plan that we're discussing. And basically, it's uh, understanding how to make the right transition between POCs to trials at the demo plant to commercial agreements. Uh, so that would be our next uh, two to three years. Interesting, uh, interesting, right? Really, yeah, uh, if you look also at uh, the technology readiness level, the TRL levels, it's also really like in taking those steps uh, into commercialization. And actually, as you say, from a, from a patent at a university, bringing it all into the market, uh, it's a huge right. And, uh, I believe you can uh, make a lot of impact because the plastic world needs a lot of improvement. Yeah, uh, definitely. There's no uh, silver bullet for the recycling uh, space, but we do see ourselves as a very unique technology that can have a, a very nice uh, market uh, segment. And uh, yeah, the TRL is growing. The partnerships are growing and uh, 
we thank also the Anon Group for being part of the ride. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I think we, like after we met each other at the New Energy Challenge, you joined the Get in the Ring Global Meetup back in 2021. And you actually also then won, won the award for a Rising Star. Uh, and I think there, like I already said, it's for us, it's also about believing before before seeing. And I hope that you uh, you can take a lot of people along with you in this ride to uh, to making an impact. The people that believe in, in your technology, partners uh, like the land, uh, the recycling companies, the, the petrochemical industry uh, that, that join you on this ride and actually become your commercial partners in the upcoming years. Yeah, thanks a lot. And I think, uh, you know, that when you're discussing uh, such a... Not heavy, but uh, what's the word? Uh, when you're discussing such a traditional um, segment, such as waste handling and such, and also petrochemical, it's very important to also have these uh, light-moving and innovative uh, programs that allow low TRL uh, companies and early companies to collaborate with uh, big uh, petrochemical partners, waste handlers, and I think that's where you guys come in. Great. Are you are you also partnering in? in the plastic industry with, with other solutions, with other companies that, that also tackle the problem, maybe in other parts, maybe taking plastic out of the ocean, like the ocean cleanup. Like how, yeah. how are you in that context? So we discussed uh, the waste handlers and the petrochemical industry, which is relatively easy to understand how we close the loop between these two uh, industries. But there's also a, a third uh, segment which really closes the loop altogether, which is the brand owners. So companies like uh, Unilever, PepsiCo, uh, companies like that, which are taking more and more action on their post-consume plastic waste streams and also their uh, their non-virgin feedstock that is uh, used in order to produce their products. So they are the last uh, piece of the puzzle that really closes uh, the case studies. Uh, and our goal is to also work with these companies. And how would you work with them? Um, do you have an offering for them or would it be more... Staying in contact? Yeah. So so we are actually running a few uh, projects as well with brand owners in which we are optimizing our uh, chemical process for their post-consumed plastic waste. So whether yeah. it be from a curbside collection or from their processes, we're able to uh, optimize our process for that. Uh, and lastly, they are the ones creating the demand for non-virgin feedstock from petrochemical companies. So if we work with a brand owner, between us and them, there will always be a petrochemical company to integrate yeah. our plastic or the derived oil to make new products uh, for these uh, brand owners. So that yeah. would be their last part. And you, you're talking about the non-virgin like polymers. Would making plastic out of that, out of your output, would that be cheaper than using like virgin oil uh, to make their plastics or their products? So how, how does that compare? Yeah, so in terms of there are a regulation that will drive uh, these non-virgin feedstocks into the uh, yeah. production cycle. Uh, and also it comes from consumer demand, uh, that the consumers are demanding to see more green products. And that will also push our plastic derived oil into their uh, processes. Yeah, yeah, great. So uh, those, they can really be promoters also towards the petrochemical industry to say, hey, start using technologies like like plastic bag to uh, to provide us with the right uh, non-virgin plastic. Exactly. At the end of the day, yeah. they are creating the demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Tal. I think uh, I have a complete picture of the business about uh, the problem that is out there, how you make an impact, and then also how you actually do it. Uh, so thanks a lot for this 
for this conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Great being here. Uh, thank you guys for your ongoing support and uh, looking forward to to our next steps together. Great. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, Jorgen. Thank you.